You're listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number 404. Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Station and what I hope will be a very entertaining, informative and enjoyable podcast as we reboot ourselves and get ourselves going back on the podcast scene. Now, it is uh, Tuesday the 2nd of August uh, in the evening as I record this and I'm recording this um, at my uh, new premises, I suppose I would say, my current rented premises where we're living at the moment. Um, For those that listened to the podcast I did uh, a couple of back on the TGO Challenge, uh, you'll remember the tortuous story about actually moving house uh, the day before I came away on the challenge. So I moved on the Tuesday, packed the bags on the Wednesday and came away and did the challenge on the Thursday for a couple of weeks, which was excellent. Good crossing. Enjoyed that. However, when I was packing my bags, I don't know if I mentioned it in that podcast, but when I was packing my bags, the landlord uh, of the place where I was storing all the entire contents of our house um, said to me they had rented the... (laughs) space that I'd just filled with the contents, uh, which gave me two weeks of thought, to say the least. Uh, and when I got back, um, I was given four weeks to get it all out, uh, which is fair enough. You need to earn some money from space. But uh, it meant that I then spent the next four weeks moving everything into a couple of containers. And I was glad for it to stop. And it seemed to go on forever. And I feel that the last couple of weekends have been the first couple of weekends I've actually had a weekend off. It's been marvellous. And I have to say, I could really go for living in rented too, because it's just wonderful. Every time something goes wrong, you just knock on the door and go, that needs fixing. <laughs> this is broken. That's broken. Um, and uh, yeah, it's nice to come home and have the grass cut and, and all the rest of it. So Rose, I, Pip the dog, the spaniel that gets into never-ending problems. I'm just giving her a stroke now. She's just had a blackthorn in her paw. And then a a week or so ago, she had uh, grass seeds in her neck um, before she went away and did the, the, well, had the one-day Pennine trip. Um, She does like to go charging through the undergrowth, and unfortunately, she picks things up anyway, you big softy. So, um, yeah, we moved in here and uh, moved in with our elderly cat that's blind and deaf, but still manages to understand when it's food time and meow its head off. And so I'm sitting outside um, a wonderful little um, granny flat, basically, uh, sort of a barn conversion type granny fat, flat uh, on the outskirts of Malvern. Uh, very, very peaceful. And since we moved here, uh, all we've heard is, well, a few weeks ago, skylarks everywhere or oh, every day, skylarks. But they seem to have moved on now and you'll probably hear some uh, some crows kicking up a little bit of no- noise in the background as I record this. So that's uh, setting the scene of where I am. I'm sitting outside the back door. I've got a cup of tea and I've got two biscuits to dunk, which are my scheduled allowances of dunkable biscuits. Did you hear that Michael McIntyre sketch, I think it was, about the SAS of biscuits? Hobnobs. Yeah, the SAS of biscuits. For dunking. I think it was Michael McIntyre. Anyway. Hmm. I digress. It's been good moving out here. 
been different, fresh, while we look for a new premises, a new home rather. But one of the downsides is we're in a bit of a dead hole as regards, well, as I say regards technology, it's odd, isn't it? We can't get a TV signal, so we haven't um, had uh, any live TV, which is quite enjoyable during the election, uh, the, the referendum process. Uh, our mobile hardly works at all unless you sort of stick one finger in your ear and hang the other hand out of the the tallest uh, window in the building and lean out, which is a bit precarious, and then you can't guarantee it. depends which way the wind's blowing. So we've been sort of cut off from the world, um, um, but we do have a, a very, a very uh, well, it's poor, but it's workable internet access. So as a result, our, our entire content of entertainment has all been online. And um, it's been quite interesting exploration in the last few weeks of what's available uh, live, as in live streaming, uh, and also what is available for download. So we've gone through a whole range of things. Um, I've got uh, I've got a Now TV box, which is uh, sort of, a, I think it's the same sort of thing as a Roku box. Uh, and uh, it's got all the apps and stuff on there. So you get YouTube Live and uh, Ustream and, oh, I know, countless others. And then you've got the Apple TV, which has got um, you has got Now TV on the Apple TV, which adds to the confusion. And you get Netflix and you get, uh, you know, every uh, podcasts and iTunes and, and everything else on there. Um, but it's been it's given me a really good time to sit back and explore all the different apps um, that are available on that sort of entertainment thing that people now get automatically on um, smart TVs, as they say. So you've got YouTube Live, Facebook Live. That's an interesting one. I don't know if you've explored this. A lot of people obviously do use Facebook, and I picked up not so long back that if you uh, type in facebook.com slash live, at that very moment you will see everybody who is streaming live on Facebook. Uh, a map comes up of the world, and you just sort of move your mouse around and, and drop into people's conversations. Uh, and you have everything from sort of um, obscure sporting events, um, uh, fates, uh, somebody walking down Oxford Street, um, a 12-year-old trying to sing, um, people doing stupid things, uh, you know, teenagers being teenagers in cars, making a racket and being very cool, at the beach, sunsets, and, and that's just in this country. And then you've got uh, further afield, you've got, you know, all the other countries doing things. So you've got Russia and Finland and Latvia and oh, across the world. And as I say, it's been very entertaining just to see what's going on and what people are putting out themselves uh, rather than actually uh, receiving terrestrial signals. Anyway, this is a long introduction, really, but the, the, the long and the short of it is that I treated myself to a Roberts internet radio, uh, Roberts Stream 93i, and it's fantastic. You've got digital radio on there. It'll stream Spotify, which I'm not a member of, but if you, you were, you could stream that. Uh, and it does internet radio as well. Well, of course, I started hunting through the internet radio, and again, you get internet radio that's being streamed from all the different countries, UK included, and BBC, and this, that, and the other. And then there's a podcast section, and it's really opened my ears to uh, podcasts uh, which you possibly wouldn't have found in the same way via, you, via um, iTunes or whatever podcast catcher you use. But of course, I went down, typed in outdoors, and we weren't there. 
So I got in touch with the, um, I suppose, the database people that control all this stuff over in the States. And it's taken a few weeks to do it, but we are now live on internet radio. But it's live on any internet radio or smart TV. So if you look at the website now, uh, the Outdoor Station website, there is a menu heading there, which is Internet Radio. And there is 34 different uh, brands that you, if you've got one of their radio systems, either in your car or in the home or on your phone or an app or whatever else, uh, you've got us and uh, a back catalogue of the podcasts available which is a completely different way than going through the whole downloading iTunes. So you literally, if you're in your car, you've got one of these streaming radios, you can dial it in, dial back to the one you want to listen to, press play, and away you go. Just like the real thing. But let me just give you an idea of some of the brands that are on this list, in case you haven't got time to look at it now, um, which is really nice to be associated with these people. You know, Bose, Denon, Grundig, Harman, Nam. Alkyo, Philips, Pioneer, Revox, Roberts, Tiac and Yamaha. Any of those digital products, you should be able to find us. Now, on top of everything else, I was getting a bit flabby after the TGO, not doing very much apart from moving furniture, so I went back to the gym. And lo and behold, all the gym machines now are streaming content. So you've got the step machines and that sort of stuff, and they they give you their... Um, their um, you know, preset route and this, that and the other. But they also stream YouTube. Uh, they Well, they have live TV as well, but they've got YouTube and internet radio. So once again, you can pick us up there. You can literally just plug your headphones into the machine and dial through to the uh, the one you want to listen to or the one you want to watch, and away you go. So I gather gyms all over the country are now accessing exactly the same database of information. And once again... We've gone global. I'm just going to have a sip of my tea to celebrate. Which is wonderful. Which is brilliant. So, as I said in the middle of all that, if you go to the website, you will see an internet radio section. And they've got links to all the various products, obviously. Uh, One of which is TuneIn. Now, TuneIn is an app... Uh, And that app is now on the website, so rather than downloading, you can just scroll through um, past podcasts. But you can download TuneIn uh, on your iPhone or Android phone. It's a free app, uh, and basically it's it's an app that links you to internet radio. So rather than downloading any of the podcasts, if you prefer not to, or you're just curious to listen back to something and you're just sitting in the car, and you've got your 3G, 4G connection... You can actually stream any of our content using the TuneIn app. And uh, there's a link to that app on the website on that page as well. So uh, there's another way of listening to us. Isn't that amazing? Technology, isn't it moving quickly, eh? I have to have another dunk to celebrate. Also on the website, well, the website's been updated. Um, I've, I've um, yeah, brought it up to date, um, added a few things to it. There's now a newsletter section. And obviously, about 12 months ago, I asked people uh, to contribute to the survey that I did. And I'm going to come on to that in a second. 
But we didn't collect anybody's... Well, I made a point of not collecting people's um, email addresses because I, I didn't see the need at the time. But with some of the plans and some of the ideas I've got and also some of the podcasts I want to do, um, I really could do with uh, people uh, giving a little bit more contribution, if you like. And what I want to do is just build up a database of uh, names and email addresses so that I can contact you when either we've made a big release, we've got a big news story, or there's a new development. And without telling you too much at the moment, there's going to be some big developments, hopefully in the next two or three months. So if you've got time and you'd just like to uh, be kept informed and be the first to be informed and possibly the first to be involved in some unique ground-breaking activity, I say no more, jot your name down on the newsletter. Now, in the newsletter section, there is uh, two or three sections uh, about um, uh, British manufacturers, niche manufacturers, small manufacturers, uh, website, uh, uh, accommodation, campsite, whatever, and uh, people of interest to interview. Now, I've dropped the ball in some respects because I've had, as you know, six months sort of off, uh, recalibrating, trying to work out what to do. Uh, and the survey has been a great help in, in making some decisions. That I would love to hear from you guys any suggestions you might have that uh, of people of interest that would be worth chatting to. You'd like to hear a bit more about their backstory or the trip they've done or whatever. Now, as much as I kept in contact with uh, a few of the forums and a few of the, the blogs that um, obviously I uh, look at on a regular basis, um, the thousands of people that listen to us um, have obviously got a much wider uh, perspective of uh, the activities that some people are doing at the moment. So again, it's the ideal place to drop a note, any comments you've got about uh, the station, which is to me personally, and then if you've got any suggestions about who to chat to, who you'd like me to have a chat to, uh, any uh, campsites or whatever would be worthwhile going to see, any uh, you know UK niche small brands that need a little bit of a leg up, um, then you know drop the information there and I'll look them up and bring it into future productions. That's the plan. So I'm looking for a little bit of help from people uh, for interesting and quirky and very, you know, very British, something really different rather than a sort of uh, high brand corporate presentation. So let's come on to the survey, but I'm just going to have another sup first of all. Oh, it's nice to have a cup of tea, isn't it? Okay, so 12 months ago, the survey. Now, first of all, let me give you a brief bit of background into this. I w I'd sort of say, in all honesty, I'd lost a bit of direction. I'd lost direction, I'd lost enthusiasm, and I'd lost energy in, in what I was doing with the station and a lot of the podcasts, and it was just sort of floundering, to be honest. And there were too many other things going on with planning to sell the house, and there was some illness in the family as well, and you know, business changes and that sort of stuff. Uh, and... I just wanted really to um, get some input from the faithful listeners about how you wanted it to change and evolve a bit because it is partly yours as well. You've been a big part of, of the growth of, of the outdoor station and your tastes change, things move on, my tastes have changed and things have moved on. Uh, so it's worthwhile interacting with each other and, and getting a feel for if I, was still, if I was doing the right thing or you know missing the mark completely. So it wasn't a process to get my ego stroked, um, but as I say, we all change direction. And so I think it was just a way of getting a, uh, a group of people to to give me a, um, 
sort of a, a bit of group direction, really. And the whole thing was a very interesting exercise, if nothing else. And, you know, several hundred of you replied. So I've got a fair smattering of uh, thoughts, comments and um, opinions. So let's, um, I've sort of summarised some of the stuff and I'm going to read out a few of the comments. Um, There are obviously quite a few from certain questions. But I'm going to start off by just summarising who actually responded to um, to the survey. A brief overview of that. And then we'll actually get into some of the key points. So let's start with the key things. Of the respondents that uh, replied, I said we had about several hundred, just over 300. Um, 78% of people were aged 40 plus, And of those, 12% were of retirement age. 22% were under 40. So that gives you an idea, a fairly mature audience. They were broken down, 92% of them were male, 8 female. And their locations, 78% of people were in the UK, 11% in US and Canada, and another 11% across Europe. Uh, You remember Europe? Uh, Yeah, anyway. Uh, Europe, uh, with the largest contingent being the Netherlands. Of those people that replied, uh, 55% of them were listeners that had been listening for more than five years. 34% less than five years and 11% within the last 12 months. Well, obviously two years ago now. Their interests in the order of importance, um, which is pretty predictable, uh, is uh, most uh, common uh, respondent was a backpacker or described themselves as a backpacker, day walkers, outdoor lover, country person, gear freak, cyclist, bushcrafter, world traveller and paddler. And as somebody pointed out, I forgot trail runners and and that sort of thing and adventure races. How people received their information. Again, this is 12 months ago now, so this might have changed. But predominantly it was on the laptop or desktop. Uh, Second was smartphone, then the tablet, then the MP3 player and then the smart TV. But of course, I wonder if that smart TV has changed in its percentage with the uh, recent football excitement, which we proved ourselves to be complete failures at, uh, and um, the the resurgence of interest in smart TVs. So that might have changed, I guess. But uh, as I say, keep in mind, this was 12 months ago. And then the data, where do they get their information from in order of importance? Primarily audio podcasts, which was good to see and obviously is fairly important to me. Blogs, the Outdoor Station website, then YouTube and forums on an equal footing. Uh, Video podcasts. Now, I I presume video podcasts, people were thinking actually on people's websites. But um, video podcasts, um, then iTunes and Facebook were equal source of information, followed by Twitter, Vimeo and then Instagram at the very bottom. Okay, so I then sort of uh, was asking people if the quality of the audio, the audio content and the style of it was was what they wanted. And basically 95% of people said it was excellent, just right, and 5% was average, could do better. Now I'm going to list out some of the comments here, if I don't mind, of what people were saying, uh, and just to see if you, as a listener now, still agree to this. Okay, so one comment is, um, it's been great to listen to such a varied content coming out of the UK. Uh, Another person said, I have a group of friends who chat about and go walking, and we all reference this material. I prefer hearing people's stories most. Um, One of the best produced podcasts I've listened to. From the beginning, this has sounded on a par with the best BBC podcasts. 
somebody else saying, always interesting and enthusiastic. I repeatedly listen to them. I've listened to a lot of podcasts about the outdoors, but they have either disappeared or the production has been annoying. Bad levels of audio quality, poor presenting have been consistent with many podcasts I have heard, both here in the UK and the USA, where I spent the last three years. Hence why I've stuck with yours. Simply the professionalism of the production and presentation. It was your show some years ago that inspired me to do my first TGO, and it is your show since I just returned to the US. That's really nice, thank you. Huge fan and living in the southeast of England, away from many of the wild places featured. I've learned loads, even to the point of introducing friends and family to multi-day hikes. Um, it's a great mix of stories, gear reviews and interviews. Keep me coming back since the first one. Yes, I like it. I'm a bit of a gear geek and I regularly go on bivvies. Your podcast covers both in an interesting and amusing way. Content and production are good. I had no idea I needed to know about spoon carving. It was fantastic. <laughs> and funnily enough, I'm actually going away to my Spoon Fest festival uh, this coming weekend as well. So uh, good to know that people actually enjoyed that. Is this the last comment in this section? No, one more after this. I love the show, but there's always room for improvement, so describing it as excellent is perhaps a little too strong. With more resources, you could do the show you wanted and I'm sure get more people involved and more variety. Very true. Um, the outdoor station provided inspiration to get back into the outdoors after a number of years on other things. I particularly enjoyed the TGO podcast plus the big days out, the Kate Rath, three men in the Cairn Gorms issues. The do, doing stuff to me is more important than gear reviews. Also the interviews with Paddy Dillon, Shirley, Alan Sloman, Gail, etc. who talk about their trips. So that was the general comments that we were getting, the general tone of comments about the uh, audio, which was great. Uh, in fact, I should take this file, file out because I'm going to get confused in a minute. So you can see the general feeling of some of the comments there, I'm sure. One of the questions was, my favourite audio podcasts are in this order of importance, and it pretty well ties in with what you've just heard. The top one was uh, long outdoor station produced audio diary trips, followed by short outdoor station produced audio diary trips. Third place was trip interviews with others non-celebrity, which I think is really interesting. Uh, then we had uh, trip interviews with celebrities, followed by trade interviews relating to new products and releases, um, interviews with authors, then trade interviews at shows, roundtable discussions and festival and event coverage. And it was interesting how low those two were, because I thought the roundtable discussions could be quite popular, but obviously not on people's list. Right, let's coming on to the... Let's get that ready. The video section. Um, 66% of respondents thought the video content was excellent, 8% thought it was average, and 0.7% think it's poor. Almost 25% would prefer something different. Obviously that was 12 months ago, and I'm not too sure how possibly people are watching YouTube and Facebook live videos now, because they've really come online the last 12 months. I wonder if those people now view video content differently. You know what I mean? But listing the videos in order of importance, again, probably fairly predictable. Trips reports, experiences came top. Gear reviews on test, uh, second. Um, knowledge and skill base, third. In-depth gear reviews, fourth. Skill re- features, fifth. 
trade show 6th, 7th, festival and event coverage and celebrity interviews well down at the very bottom. So what were people's preferences? The general consensus was 73% of respondents were preference was for audio, 23% uh, was for video, an odd 4% was for neither. So I'm just a bit confused why they did the survey, but that's what the figures produced. And I asked then, obviously, whether people wanted to see more video shows, more audio shows, because obviously I can pr- only produce them sporadically when I can summon the the energy and the, and the time. 11% of people wanted a video, one video a week. 48% of people wanted one a month. And 41% said they weren't into video. But as I say, I do wonder whether that's changed slightly now. More audio shows, 44% wanted one a week, 55% said one a month, and 1% they said they weren't into audio. I wonder if they're podcast listeners. So, trip reports was the, the big thing. 93% of people wanted to hear more about people's trips, experiences and adventures in the UK and Europe. Um, of those, 85% specifically wanted UK and 7% Europe. So it's uh, fairly obvious that normal people, as I say, doing interesting things, uh, just, just general the UK trails, obviously is uh, still of great interest to people, which is uh, a good confirmation. And the comment I've written down here is um, that people seem to be very happy that the way that they are, the style of they are, a mix of human experience and a touch of gear review, uh, rather than gear review all the way around. So that was good. Now, obviously what this was leading to, I suppose, 12 months ago, as I was thinking about it, were the uh, streaming aspects, the live show, and if it was going to be of interest, was it going to grab people's attention as much as it had sort of stimulated mine? Now, I made a mistake in this questionnaire because I didn't explain it correctly. So when I suggested a live show, I can see from the responses that people were thinking it's a one-off live show like you have on terrestrial TV, and once it's gone, it's gone. And that's not the case. The live show is a case of you have an interactive live show which is you know live at 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night or something, and then it is then on the platform in perpetuity. So a live show would go out perhaps on Facebook or on YouTube or on whatever... And it would then be on YouTube forever, just like all the other videos. So you could still watch it. It's just that if you happen to catch it at 7 o'clock that particular night, you could interact with it should you wish to. So I didn't explain that to people. So I think a lot of people, when they answered this and made the comments they did, were thinking it was a one-off live show, like a terrestrial TV show. So um, I'll go through the points that I've picked up here, and you can keep that in mind. But even so, 55% of people said they were up for it. Uh, 45% said they weren't that interested. Um, obviously, since the review, live streaming has probably come become more commonplace now. Uh, you've got so many apps and so many people pushing it. You've got Periscope, Livestream, YouTube Connect, Facebook Live, and dozens of apps. So much so now that I've noticed some of the venues, and sporting venues and music venues, are trying to work out a way of stopping people live streaming from their particular event. 
because obviously they've charged people to come into it uh, and they want to block people sending the signal out. That's also getting in the news as well. As I said, I confuse people by, by the question. But let me just read some of the comments and now, having explained myself a bit better, you can see what people say. I have seen some such shows, but working odd hours makes it hard to be free to see them. So that's typical of, I think, people's thoughts. I like the idea, but I time shift, so I'd probably record it for later listening and viewing. Again, if they're assuming they're going to record it, they're thinking terrestrial TV, so my mistake entirely. Uh, Another comment, I really like the flexibility a podcast gives me to listen when it suits me. Actually, I like the idea, but I would never or rarely be able to take part, so I'd be happy with a podcast to download later. So that ties in with the in-perpetuity business. I save up podcasts to take out the trail with me, so video or live is of no real interest. I might not listen to it live every week, as with most of my TVs, it is recorded and I watch when I can. I'm only going to read a few of these because I don't want to to bore you. I encourage you to try it, but I think time zones would make these unmeaningful to me. Um, I don't want to be tied to specific times. I like to consume content in my own time. Uh, Sorry, Bob, I love the podcast system. And the other thing about it as well, I did forget to mention, even in this explanation, is the audio would probably be streamed live and be an audio podcast on itself. So the video would go out. Um, and then the audio would be stripped off the video, and that could be released as just an audio thing. Or going through the internet radio, it could also be live. Um, So there's all sorts of variations of here, which I didn't explain. Somebody else, yes, a sort of webinar event would be great. I wouldn't go so far as to say they are fantastic, but I've seen some on photographic shows, and they seem to work quite well. And having people other than the main interviewer can bring a different element to the show. I think that's a really important comment, actually, and something I've taken on board Uh, with some of the ideas that I was hoping to come on to. Right. Now, yeah, this is interesting, isn't it? Money. It's always a sensitive subject in the UK. So I found myself a little bit embarrassed asking this, but I needed to find a value, really, that I could sort of think about. So the question was, what value would you place on these shows in the last 12 months? The value which achieved the greater percentage of replies, which was 10 to £20, and that was 40% of people. Um, However, £10 plus totaled over 50%, and £5 plus over 76%. So there's the breakdown. You can see the difference. People valuing the content at nil was 8%. A few of the comments were sort of saying they, they're quite happy for the content of the audio and video to be rough and ready. They couldn't see the point of making the presentation as professional as I make it. Uh, although, as you've already heard, a lot of people appreciate the content and appreciate good quality audio and, and video. So it's difficult to to sort of dumb down my, my the, the sort of the content or the style that I would like to do. The other thing is that a lot of people don't realise it takes just as long to make a professional presentation as it does to make a poor one. So you have the same amount of time doing it, you have the same amount of time editing out things that went wrong or or errors in it, and then you've got the same amount of time um, uploading it. And of course time is money at the end of the day, but more importantly bandwidth is money too, and it's a sizable amount of money it can add up to. And certainly 
I've paid for storage for, what, 400 plus podcasts for the last 10 years when I could have actually bought a very nice car with, um, with that sort of investment to give you an idea of the sort of money we're talking about. Now, let's just talk about money for a second and sort of try and put embarrassment to one side. Um, I notice in the, in the US they have absolutely no problem talking about financial support and getting projects started with Kickstarter or whatever. And if you're like me and listen to the Startup podcast, which reached millions of people last year from Alex Bloomberg, who was a, an ex-ABC broadcaster, and he was uh, wanted to start a, a podcast-based media company, and he recorded himself pitching for several million dollars. Uh, he recorded the meetings and the pitches and how badly he did it and the sort of intimate conversations with his wife and asides with his partner and that sort of thing but in the end he achieved his goal and nobody shot him down in flames or called him greedy or whatever Uh, the audience lapped it up and supported him all the way uh, and he's proven it to be a great success now he's now got quite a few podcasts coming out of that stable but as I say the subject of money is much more sensitive in the UK Um, we all know good stuff really we all like good stuff and we underneath it all we all know good stuff costs money so it's a it's a difficult subject but one that needs to be touched on really and and hopefully i'm sort of coming to a conclusion eventually about all this and uh, and it'll make sense so i looked at the the various uh, ways to that at the time people could support the station should they wish to do so there's patreon which is um, a voluntary contribution system so you basically select how much you want to donate on a weekly or monthly basis and you can terminate it at any time uh, so 62 percent of people said yes that was that was more um, more understandable uh, but 38 percent naturally said no crowdfunding for a 12 month set perhaps or a season like a winter season or a summer season that dropped a bit more. 56% of people said yes and 44 said no. Paper listen, that was a big no-no. 37% said yes, 63% said no. Totally agree with that. An annual fee, um, like uh, you know, like a magazine um, subscription. 43% said yes, 57% no. Could, I can fully understand that as well. Uh, finding sponsorship. Now, 77% of people said yes, that was a good idea. Um, 23 percent obviously were were no but there was a lot of comments and concerns about credibility which i can fully understand incorporating ads into content 50 50 almost on this one actually 48 percent people said yes 52 said no um i've had a lot of comments about some of the sort of musical interludes that i put into the podcast or little jingle breaks if you like there is a reason for that you know it isn't just a case of um wanting to play music it helps Clear the audio palette. Um, you'll find it on all the time on radio. They'll have a little break. Every 10 minutes, they'll have a break of somebody else's voice or a bit of music or a bit of sound effect or a bit of pace or whatever it may be. And it just helps you absorb what you've just heard and prepare yourself for the next thing you're about to hear. So those jingles aren't a case of me going, hey, here am I. It's more a case of just allowing you to breathe and think about some of the things that have been said. And then the mix of the above, which was all of it mixed up in some sort of way, uh, 67% of people said yes and 33% said no. Again, I put it out to you, the listener, what to do next. Shall I 
you know, get more corporate or, or whatever. So 80% of you basically said keep the independence and build on the success of what we've done so far. Uh, 20% of people were unclear or unsure. Now, I'm just going to read a few of the comments related to that question. Here we go. Build on your great work, but only if you cover costs. Stay the way you are, as and when independent. Please don't stop. I'd be gutted. Doing a great job, onward and upward, um, must be the way forward. Money and time allowing. So there are a lot of people understanding it is money and time related. Here's a long one, but worth reading. Bob, I'd be truly saddened to see that the outdoor station closed. If you need to take a rest for a while, I'll be here when you get back. I understand how something can start as a passion, which then turns into a drudge, and sometimes that's a monkey on your back. I get that. If you need to scale back, I get that too. But I recognise your passion for the outdoors and for sharing that with people, and I believe you would honestly hate not having episodes to prepare and share. I celebrated 300 shows with you, and I hope to celebrate four or 500 or more. But really, it comes down to this. Do you want to do it any more? I sincerely hope so. That was a nice comment, and actually that encouraged me to, to go quiet for the last six months and just have a bit of a break and a think time. Further comments. Happy to stump up if it keeps you going, though. Great podcasts. Um, build on your great work. Try Maybe try crowdfunding uh, for a few specials like the TGO. I don't actually agree with any of those options. I think you should continue and grow, but I accept you need to cover costs and invest in order to grow. I love the audio, but I think the video programmes are the way forward. Whether they are interactive or not, your production is very slick, and you obviously made investments in that area. I can see the outdoor station becoming the premier source for self-powered and outdoor adventure content. For the most part, I want you to continue as you are. My greatest wish has been that you produced more often, which you have been doing more recently. That was obviously 12 months ago when I did the Bivy series. Have you considered joining forces with another similar podcast who has a similar situation, although I'm not aware of one, or inviting guest contributors from volunteers over which you could then exercise editorial control? Yeah, good points. It all comes down to finding the right person or people that have the right uh, experience and deliver the right quality, but... Yeah, it has it has merit. Stop now if you cannot cover both your costs and maintain standards. Have the courage to quit while you're already ahead if necessary, and don't spoil it with a gradual decline in quality as you lose drive and enthusiasm, which was exactly where I was when I did this survey. Onwards and upwards, Bob. You're doing a great job, but perhaps you could do more editing of the show to bring in other people's content. However, you know the reality, and this might set you laughing, because you're probably thinking, if you want something done, then do it yourself. How true. Oh, nice one. You set the standards long ago. The question is how to keep them high, retain your independence, but recognise the time and energy the outdoor station takes. And I think this is the final one. I'd like you to continue doing what you're doing. It's fantastic. I'm happy with the infrequent, irregular podcast service. I would be happy to support the production costs on a pay-per-podcast or subscription basis. If you can do a weekly podcast without the quality suffering, that would be great, but it's not essential. I would be happy with one quality episode every few weeks instead. I think that's that last one I was going to read. So that's the general, yeah, the general feel of the whole the whole survey, really. Anyway, we've just got a few little points to finish off now, which are the Outdoor Station website. 70% of people thought it was okay. 30% wanted to see it updated. Well, check it out. It's all been done. 
and I hope you just like the new style. 83% of people said it was a vital part of operations, which is true. And I'd love to people to get more involved with it now, place more comments, and as I say, uh, enter your details or any thoughts you've got in the newsletter. Having more adverts on the website, coming back to the sort of funding or, or tossing the idea around, really, um, 21% of people were concerned about credibility, 65% of people weren't bothered, and 14% use ad blockers. So that was it. I'm just going to read a few final comments. I hope this hasn't been too laborious for you to listen to. Um, I think you have done and are doing a cracking job. I have used the outdoor station for years and saved the podcast for when I was away with work. They have been brilliant and I still go back to older podcasts from time to time for information or just because I enjoy certain ones. Excellent job. The outdoor station is great. I love the audio podcasts and often listen again to my favourite episodes thanks very much um i love your podcast thanks for all your efforts i've had lots of enjoyment i'm an avid fan of your videos and podcasts i use podcast republic to listen to podcasts and i'm finding your podcasts hard to locate and listen to i would like you to put up some kind of blog podcast to explain how to get linked to your podcasts because they are the best and also my favorite to listen to thanks your walk through Avebury was fantastic. Yeah, I quite enjoyed that one, actually. It was quite nice to put a bit of historical aspect into uh, into the content. Your latest wild camping podcast series and discussion of the ruins may be your best ever. Wow, that was Avebury again. I really enjoy your podcasts. They have often made me think about walk trips, walks, kit and adventures that have never occurred to me. I would be perfectly happy for things to continue as they are. Regarding sponsorship, it doesn't bother me in the slightest as long as it doesn't compromise your impartiality. Back to that impartiality again. Uh, Love the show, keep it up, don't exhaust yourself. I love what you do, but I understand why you're at this crossroads. I really enjoy most of the podcasts, but TGO and your trips, including the wild camping, uh, but especially the three men go to the Cairngorms were outstanding. That was a podcast that really inspired my wife and I to do more trips to the national parks. Although we're not wild campers yet, we we do camp. I'm still working on it. And that was the purpose of the whole stuff, really, is to inspire people to to give these things a try. In big capital letters, please don't stop. The guy then puts in brackets. I'm sorry, I just get a bit emotional at times. Okay, there's a bit of a long one here, but uh, just a couple more. I'm very grateful for the time and effort you put into creating your podcast. It's a huge body of work and something to be proud of. A couple of suggestions regarding a change in direction. One, I think it would be a shame to stop altogether. Two, you could take a six-month holiday from it, which I've done. Why not involve a youngster or two in co-producing it for a while? It would a good, be a good experience for them and bring a fresh approach. Very true. Four, you could farm out the production a bit more, have a guest editor-producer every second podcast. Mm, okay, I, again, I'm sure there are people, enough people out there. Five, perhaps crowdsource a list of future interviews and topics via Twitter and Facebook, which is part of the newsletter I was talking about earlier on, um, sort of crowdsourcing from you guys uh, content, who you, what you'd like to, to uh, hear a bit more of. And six, consider making the podcast a lot shorter. Mm, very difficult, very, very difficult. And to be honest, you'll have recorded it and edited it at that length first before you shorten it down. So it's actually more work, not not less, uh, surprisingly. Somebody who's more has got some empathy here. Having really enjoyed your podcast over the years, but running my own business, I fully appreciate it is hard work to keep a level of content going as you are. If you can make it worth your while to keep it going, I will keep listening. Good luck and thanks. 
I love your show. My main wish has been that you would do it more often, and I've been very happy that you've accomplished that recently by starting your monthly trips. The carve your own spoon thing was your recent low point. Although I'm generally very happy to hear about make-your-own-gear topics, you could do more with authors, guest interviewers, trips aboard, interviews with leading lights in other countries, etc. Just think how much that costs. <laughs> it's, it's time again. It's time. And, and transporting and stuff, anyway. It's such a unique product in the UK with no obvious comparison, having no real competition. It must be hard to stimulate ideas. I do know, do know that I always look forward to new content and enjoy the productions 95% of the time. Hats off to you, it's a great resource for us outdoor types, and I, for one, are very appreciative. In one of your podcasts, you actually said that podcasting was on its way out, or not that popular. In fact, you have more listeners than most radio shows anywhere in the world. Your videos have more views than most primetime TV programmes. Podcasting and videocasting is some form is the future, especially as fewer people are now watching live TV and more people are watching on demand. YouTube and videos on the web, thanks to smart TV and phone apps. This is the conclusion I've come to. I have got more, but I'm just going to read one more. I listen to audio podcasts as both entertainment and information when I'm walking and as an alternative to radio. I watch video podcasts if I'm interested in a particular piece of kit. Very helpful when contemplating the internet purchases of things that you cannot see or handle. I've thoroughly enjoyed the audio podcasts and would be very sad if they were discontinued. And lots of other keep it up, thank you very much, enjoying it type comments. So, there you go. I think the first thing I need to do is say thank you to everybody who contributed to that survey and apologise for the delay in releasing the results. But as you can probably tell from some of the content and some of the things that I've been talking about so far uh, today, that uh, a six-month break was needed. Uh, It's given me a chance to, to refocus some of the ideas and uh, see how people's trends and tastes have changed and also uh, inspire me to keep producing some good stuff that everybody enjoys. As I mentioned, we have updated the website. We have a new logo now. That's just one part of it, but the website has now been updated. It's a little bit more contemporary. I'm very pleased with that. Nice feel to it. Please contribute once again, I, I, you know, I'm asking you for, for your input as regards any suggestions on interesting places to, to visit, uh, any interesting places to camp, campsites, small independent businesses, anything to do with self-powered travel, really, be it, be it cycling, walking, paddling um, or whatever. Uh, always uh, of interest and a bit of variety, I think I'm sure all of us uh, will enjoy. Uh, if you've got any thoughts on normal people doing interesting things, it certainly was quite apparent that people enjoy listening to conversations and interviews with people that uh, quietly just get on and do something a little bit interesting rather than sort of well-known celebrities that are paid to to um, go on about their particular particular trips. And if you've got any further comments or any further uh, suggestions, then I am all ears. I'm definitely now more inspired and uh, rested, ready to take it the next stage further. As I say, I do have quite big plans in the next two or three months. Uh, And part of that, unfortunately, is just waiting to find a house that's got super fast broadband, which will allow me to take it the next development that I want to. 
but that'll be a massive development when it happens. And I'd like everybody uh, who, faithful listeners, to know first. So please, if you can take time to, to fill out the, uh, the newsletter details, uh, just drop me a note there uh, and any suggestions or any thoughts you might have as well as I say on these other interesting subjects, then uh, I'm all ears and I'm ready to fire up the Skype machine and start chatting to people or go visit them, etc., etc. So thanks for your patience. Um, I hope it's not been too laborious and you found it uh, interesting to see that uh, everybody is pretty well saying very similar things. And I hope to be bringing you a lot more interesting things in the near future. As I say, I am going to Spoonfest this weekend, uh, which seemed to be a bit of a Marmite podcast for people. Uh, although I'm taking the recording gear, I may not necessarily do a spoon-based podcast again. But uh, it is a place where a lot of interesting people gather. And um, hopefully, perhaps I can persuade uh, one or two after a beer or two to to have a chat and tell me a bit more about their lives because some of them have got some very, very interesting stories to tell. Well, upon that note, thanks again for listening. Thanks for contributing to the survey. And here's to, uh, well, here's to the next few, uh, few years, eh? Take care out there. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear more from our extensive free library, please visit the website at theoutdoorstation.co.uk. The home of UK-based audio and video podcasts for outdoors people everywhere.